Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. How about Marianne Ahern tweeting or Xing that Jerry Reinsdorf will be in Springfield today attempting to drum up support for his $1 billion in public funds to provide the White Sox a new ballpark. NBC5 has learned that White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf will meet with legislative leaders in Springfield tomorrow. Democratic and Republican leaders will sit down with Reinsdorf as he is looking for $1 billion in public money to help build a new White Sox stadium in the South Loop. What would you say to him if he asked you for your support? Yeah, you know, I'm a Sox fan. I can't get on board this one. And, and I got a lot of respect for Marianne Ahern. I think she does a great job. She's a total pro. And, um, you know, when, the minute I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, so Jerry's in Springfield. I never questioned the idea of it. And um, I, I don't think it's a great look for him. I don't think he cares. I think he's turning 88 on, on Sunday. And, you know, this is his way of kind of, remaining in the in the mix and doing his thing and that's what he loves to do go drum up some some money and um a billion dollars that's kind of, some of that right like 350 million of that is just kind of sitting there uh waiting to be used in, in something like this so i don't know um what would i do if he asked for my support i probably would uh you know ask him about how much money he's investing and what is his support and what are they doing and, and how much of this is, uh, and you know, I, I might say something like, okay, well give me half ownership of it then, you know, maybe if you want me to invest, I would be uh, an investor and I would get, you know, half that dough and don't tell me it's going to come back in different ways. I want, I want to be uh, a partner with you. That it seems like if, if we got in it together, we could make a lot of money together and, uh, and I need to make more than you. That's kind of the way I'd react. No shot. <laughs> that would be That's your, your answer to that, him? Yes. That, no that's shot. the question, right? What would you say to him if he asked for your support? No shot. I could respect that because a lot of people would be sure. a hard no. I, yep. I would I would want to probably have a, a deeper conversation before I would go, no shot. And I would say, Jerry, how much are you in it for? What are your investors going to contribute? This can't just be a a public uh, a, a public gift to you. This can't just be. Let's look at the right. way that this neighborhood will be enhanced by the presence of a ballpark that will be beautiful. Love the renderings, by the way. Yep. You, you should give your artist a raise because that guy or woman or whoever, however they came up with that, tremendous way to get people excited about a project that they don't know how they're going to pay for yet. So that was strategic, it was calculated, and it was effective because now people want to see that. I want to see that, but I want them to pay for it. I want them to have a responsible plan that is more 
responsible than going to the state legislature in the midst of a, a statewide and citywide budget crisis and saying, you know what, we want a billion dollars in subsidies to help pay for this ballpark that everyone is going to love. Not going to love it yet because it's not built. I also would want to know what kind of plan do you have for 35th and Shields? What kind of plan do you have if you want to be – you're a businessman, Jerry, but you do want to be a responsible neighbor. What is the plan for that ballpark at 35th and Shields? What is your plan for the neighborhood redevelopment? Is that part of this plan? It is part of the related media presentation, but what are those things in mind? And just, you know, let's reinforce this idea. What is it about your personality – that allows you to be audacious enough to stand before us and ask for a billion dollars. That takes some gall. That's a pretty easy question to answer. Did you like hearing Tom Ricketts explain why he won't interject in Cody Bellinger's contract talks, even if it's Scott Boris's preference? With respect to Bellinger, like I'm, I'm like everyone else. We're just waiting. You know, we're waiting for um, whenever, uh, whenever he and his agent are going to engage, and uh, you know, it could be. Could be any time now, or it could be a few weeks. We'll just see where it goes. We'll just have to see where it goes. Is the waiting game the best play for the Chicago Cubs? It's a great question. I don't know what else they would do. I, I don't think they're going to move on. There's nobody to move on to. There's not a better alternative. It is the ultimate staring match. I found myself, though, listening to Tom Ricketts and <laughs> feeling, I, I don't want to say, sympathy or empathy necessarily because that casts a billionaire as a sympathetic figure. You're dealing though with uh, an agent that seems unwilling to engage. Scott Boris seems unwilling to do his job, which is to negotiate on behalf of his client. The way Tom Rick has presented it, they haven't even begun negotiating yet. They've barely talked. Did you know that? Did anybody know that? I did not know that. It's not a negotiation. I, I know, but I want them to get negotiating. The other thing that came out of this is that as much as – I was surprised Tom Rick has revealed as much as he did about the process. It also leaves to me there's an onus on the player. The agent works for you. I know Scott Boris is who he is. I don't know if he's good for the game. I go back and forth almost every year. This is not good for baseball. It's not good for Cody Bellinger. When, and you have four free agents that should be with new teams, and they're not. So, Cody Bellinger, at what point do you take control of your own future, step forward and say, get me in camp, I'll take X, because I want to play, and I want to play this year? Well, let's hope that is by March 1st. That's when I will start to panic a little bit more than I already am. Um, it's fine. I, I guess you, you have, if you're going to take that stance where I don't talk, to Scott Boris. That's Tom Ricketts' stance, yes. and that's the Scott Boris play. Yes. He goes around the general manager, he goes around the team president, and he goes to the owner. Ricketts has said, I'm not doing that. Well, then you can't do it for Cody Bellinger. You know, I mean, yes. if you're not going to do it, then you got to hold you know, your, your thought process. You got to stay true to your word, your convictions. Um, there were lots of things from that. Uh, that press conference, though, some I liked and some I didn't like. And then you saw the what little... What didn't you like? Just out of curiosity. The whole, uh, how will you, when will you spend more money when there's more revenue? 
that, tax. that that whole yeah. that whole thing. We're, you know, we're we're very close to the luxury threshold. tax threshold. Yeah. We're right there. Complaining about paying twenty million dollars a year in taxes to keep the ballpark uh, updated was not a good look. Right. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that that was the interesting part of this. The reason there's no negotiation is that Borat, Boris has gotten to a point where now it's time to call the owner. He's going to call up the, the owner and he's going to cut a secret deal with the owner. And it's just him and the owner talking mano a mano. That's his, that's his style. And Tom is saying, well, give Jed a call. I'm not getting involved in this. Jed does the baseball contract negotiations. So I think, believe it or not, that's one of the holdups here, that that um, that Tom is unwilling to just do the owner-to-agent thing. He wants them to go through the process the way the Cubs have it built in. I think that's the right way to do I it. I do too. I like that he's doing it that way. Why would you cut out the guy you hired specifically to deal with these things? And I think that when you think about the owners, the big money guys that are, you know, you call them up at home and you're like, hey, we'll throw you another player. Okay, we'll sign a deal. Like it's, it's, you're appealing to their vanity as like almost the fantasy football owner, right? And so you go to them and then you don't have to worry about everything going on with the baseball operation. So I like that Tom is having his people do it that way. But I think that's part of the reason for a holdup. I think that uh, Boris has figured out that he can squeeze a little bit more out of the owner directly than he can get from the baseball guy. And the fact that the Cubs don't want to play that game with him, is uh, it speaks volumes about th- their kind of professionalism, their headiness as businessmen. That can drive you crazy. I'm not saying it doesn't. Because you know, most of us you want to know, you want to know how to get Cody Bellinger. They're playing the waiting game. What would be other thing to go? Give him the money and get him in here. That would be your other option. And they're not going for that because they're not bidding against themselves. I think it's a very interesting situation where this guy is desperate to drum up some kind of help here. Somebody he's kind of. I mean, honestly. They're kind of waiting for someone to go down over the next two weeks before they put him in with the Cubs. More than likely. But the longer they wait, I think the longer they feel they can wait, if that makes any sense. Right. They're not going to blink, and I think that's what you heard yesterday. You know, that's a really good question. What is your take on Pedro Grafol entering his second season with the White Sox loaded with bubbly optimism? Is there any chance that feeling can be reflected in the team's record are the white Sox in trouble or do they have nothing to lose well they definitely have nothing to lose because they're you know a real bad baseball team they lost over 100 games last year and you're coming back and now you're you're acting like you got better had a great offseason i believe is one of the things he said all of the things he said you would have to say hmm how do you figure I don't know that they had a great offseason. I'm confused by that conclusion, given everything that went down. Um, it's just a weird one. Pedro Grifo, you know, this is a guy that should have been fired, should never have been hired, whatever way you want to look at it. Doesn't belong right now as the manager of Major League Baseball team. And so they've given him this kind of 4A team, whatever way you want to look at the Sox, maybe triple A team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't see 
I don't see what he's saying. I don't see where the optimism is coming from. I'm going to be really curious to try to get my eyes on them. I guess I'll just watch the Marquee Network until they pop <laughs> up as an opponent. They play Friday, I believe, Friday, right? Yeah. So um, I'll get a chance to see them in that fashion. It, it, it's Look, uh, seashells and balloons, you know, try to sell that. But the reality of life is going to set in at some point. And you look at their rotation – you, all you have to do is look at their rotation, and when you do, you should look at their rotation. Hey, yeah. Well, he did say, why not us? And I know I've been laughed at before about why not. Listen, that division is no damn good. The question is, so are how they. are they going to get somebody out? The, the starting pitching is a, a huge, a huge, a huge question. The bullpen's probably even a bigger question. But at some point, at some point, these guys on offense have to do something. And if it doesn't happen this year, then you want to talk about blowing things up. Then this offseason's got to be the blowing it up. Because, again, if you just look at it on paper, it looks like a pretty damn good lineup on paper. But I know they don't play the games on paper, these guys can't continue the looks on Molly and Haw's face right now. If you're watching on Twitch, absolutely <laughs> priceless. What paper they're are you both, reading? They're both mouths are hanging agape. If I use that correctly, if I didn't, I'll be constructively criticized in a moment. The line: if these guys can stay healthy and actually wake the you know what up, they could be okay on offense. They could, they might win a game ten to eight. Found it amusing that Aloy Jimenez, who's always fun to listen to articulated a goal that he wanted to play in 150 games. I can't even say it without chuckling. Yeah. Yeah, I want to own the White Sox, too. I, I want to build a, a restaurant and a ballpark on the South Loop. But back to reality, they're not going to play 150 games. They're not going to get 150 from Aloy or Mancata. So this paper you speak of, Dustin, I'm surprised that you are that encouraged by the lineup that the White Sox could write any given day. Maybe that's what get Pedro, is, is why Pedro Grafol is in a good mood. I think he's got to be in a good mood. I think well, if he's, he's in a bad mood, that's going to be a total downer for the team. Exactly. He has no choice he's, but to say, why not He's us? got to be that guy. I, I agree with that. I agree with you there. Hey, he, guys, let's go through the motions. No, no, <laughs> no. And I also think that he probably feels a little bit freer to do that. Last year, don't need to name names, but I do wonder what the presence of a big personality like a Lance Lynn in the clubhouse, like a Tim Anderson who might have been uh, a guy that was maybe difficult to have around and to have a new manager kind of assert himself the way that it seems Pedro Grafola is asserting himself right now. The White Sox have so many questions. You're right, in the, in the starting rotation, they're bigger in the bullpen. If you can name three guys, you get a prize. And I just don't think this is a team that's looking like it's going to win more than 70 games so Pedro is going to need all that positivity all of those former Royals surrounding him so he can feel confident and comfortable and I think it's going to be a long year and he's going to be sounding very very familiar if he hasn't already pick six did you happen to see the Albert Breer report for SI that says the Bears expect to have a quarterback plan in place by next week at the scouting combine down in Indianapolis does that mean either Justin Fields or the number one pick will be in play down in Indy? First, I need to find out, is Albert Breer following Justin Fields on Instagram? Or did 
he not did, follow did, did him? Justin Fields unfollow did, did, the Bears? Wait, did Justin Fields unfollow the Bears or <laughs> Albert Breer? Where does Schefter fit in here? Oh, my God. The social media conundrum and all the mystery and clues that we saw last night. The drama builds. Look, Albert Breer probably is accurate there. I don't doubt that. You're at the Senior Bowl. Molly, let's, let's have a beer at the Senior Bowl. You know how this goes. Let's have a meeting. Okay, by the way, what, what would you, Ryan Poles, want for Justin Fields? Let's say hypothetically, would you take a three? I think maybe I want a two. Well, what? you're not going to get a one. Okay, so those conversations undoubtedly took place. I think that's where you start to lay the groundwork. The interesting part about that report from Albert Breer to me was that the Bears are going to have their quarterback plan in place by the time they get to the combine. Oh, really? Okay. That tells me that they've already made their minds up. What, what does that actually mean? That they're going to be shopping Justin Fields at the combine. Yes, they're going to. That's what that says. They're going right? to Indianapolis with a sign that put outside Ryan Poles' door. For sale. Open for business. Yeah. Yes, best offers. And you know what? They need more picks. They need more picks. They got to get a safety Everyone somewhere. Everyone needs they more picks. Get some help inside. Everybody needs more yeah, picks. But I got you. It, the, the most tradable asset they have is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Bears have again. It's going to say this until people get tired of hearing it, if they're not already. But this is not a dilemma. This is a situation. They have a good option or a better one. I find this very interesting. I also do find it interesting. David, I think, is kind of mocking it that uh, the report is that on Instagram, Justin Fields is no longer following the Bears. It could be a a little indication of of what's happening. Um, But I don't think you need to have your – play public down in Indy because then wouldn't you be devaluing either side of it? I mean, if you're, if you're saying Justin, if you, if you were to come out and flat out say Justin Fields is available for trade, yeah, doesn't that decrease the value of it on February the 27th? It's too early, right? Who is decrease it, the value of who? Of Fields? Right. I mean, because you're already saying, like, we're, we're you know, we don't want Fields anymore. We're, we're done. You know, I mean, I think you need to, I think you need to keep this as close. It, it's no question that the Cubs are either going to stick with Justin Fields or they're going to draft a quarterback. And I still think draft a quarterback is still in play here versus... Not in the first round. Caleb Williams. Not right. in the first round. Right, I'm saying. But, I yeah. mean, I'm just saying, so... I don't. I don't agree with this. I, I think this. I think this would be bad business to put up a sign that said Justin Fields is available. Make your best offer. People know though. People sure, in the league know have these to, things. But you don't have to. I don't think it's he, time to do that. He also said reportedly they got a lot of interest at the Senior Bowl. Here's the thing, Dustin. So you're at the Senior Bowl and you're getting a lot of interest in Justin Fields. Now, when you when you say you put your quarterback plan together, that means yeah, we're drafting a guy. That's all that means. You're at the combine. We're drafting a guy. Listen, everyone's at the combine. You're going to see everyone. You're going to be standing in line for a cup of coffee, and you're going to be next to a guy who's the general manager somewhere else. You're going to be hugging people and talking to people. You're going to be meeting everybody. You're going to have a drink with them, and you can have meetings with them. And there are three quarterbacks for sale this offseason, right? So Russell Wilson, very complicated, a lot of money. Uh, they they do anything to get rid of them. Don't worry. Uh, and Kirk Cousins has a big option for a lot of teams to bring him in for a year or two and see what you could do. And Justin Fields, and he might be the prize package. And there could be a team that would be very interested in getting that done. This is the time 
to make that announcement. You don't have to make it publicly, but this is the time where everybody, where you, where you let everybody know, yeah, we're going to draft a guy with the number one overall pick, and we all know who that is. But the fact of the matter is, it means I'm looking for the best deal for this player. What do you got? And letting Albert Breer know that was smart by whoever did exactly. that in the Bears organization. And I would exactly. say four quarterbacks. I floated I yesterday miss? the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo could back up Caleb Williams. Okay, but I don't think Jimmy G is I think he's four. A, it's not a starter right now. Okay. No offense. I have answered your question, so why do you keep thinking at it? <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, Jimmy G. Like his bank account. Like his looks. Like they have his chin. Um, like they have his dark hair. He's a stud. No. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not sure I'd like to have his friends. How much credibility do you place on Joel Klatt's evaluation of Caleb Williams, ranking Williams higher than any quarterback prospect over the last 12 years? Is that a sign of growing consensus about Caleb Williams? Okay. Uh, you know, my problem with the Joe Klatt list isn't that he, you know, he really values Caleb Williams, and he has him over, in order, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Now, I would argue the order there. But if you have him over Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, that's unbelievable. But next up, he has who? Drake May, right? What? I mean, He's got Drake May very high. And then who was the fifth one? Bryce, Bryce Young. Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Drake but May number what four. About, what about C.J. Stroud? You could have him rated high. But, I mean, he's like a seriously good player. And, and you misevaluated Bryce Young. I don't know. I, I just thought... I thought that the top five was a weird list, and it made me wonder about his credit. Joe Klatt has been at it a long time, does some good work. I like that he's getting up there and saying to Caleb Williams, especially when people are questioning if he's even the best quarterback in this draft, which no, no real talent evaluators are saying that. That's not coming out. But there's just been a movement for different guys. I've talked to scouts uh, I, I know a guy that loves Jaden Daniels, thinks he's going to be the absolute best player to come out of this draft, even better than uh, than May. So I find that interesting. I like it. I like that the guy stepped out and said it. I don't know that I believe it, given the fact that he was wrong about Bryce Young. Well, it creates conversation for us, so thank you, Joe Klatt. But let's even use Joe Klatt's list and, Molly, what you just said about the LSU quarterback. Okay. This goes into why I think the Bears should keep Justin Fields and trade down because every time you go down one peg, somebody else is coming up to get their guy. Their guy. So you go from one to two. That costs X. Then you go from two to three. That costs X. Then you go from three to four. That costs X. Then at four, you have like a whopping grocery bag full of picks, picks that you just mentioned in the first segment of the show and mention almost all the time that the Bears need more of, picks. Because they are not just a QB1 away from winning the North and never giving it back. They have other needs. They that- might be. They might be. They might be. You get the right guy I- at that spot, and and I don't know if you watched the Super Bowl, but that guy's pretty good. Okay, but again, th- that, guy's pr- that guy's pretty good. That guy is in the perfect situation and has grown and developed into it. We've, we can talk about that at nauseum. And even he, even he, the, the new GOAT QB1, referenced the fact about how lucky he is to be 
in the place he They're is and work where him. he works. They're lucky to have I don't know how you look at this piece of evidence that you submitted for review and you see that Caleb Williams is the highest-rated quarterback by one respected evaluator in the last 12 years and conclude that the Bears should keep Justin Fields and trade the pick. That's lunacy. And I think some people will interpret it that way. David, no, also, no. Drake May is fourth. I don't care. And Molly just talked about a guy he knows that's in love with the Daniels kid out of LSU. You can fall in love with any, any prospect. Yeah. And I'm telling you that, okay, Drake May being fourth is interesting to me. But you know who's numero uno? The guy that you have a chance to take to remove the doubt for the next five to seven to ten years. You are in this position. To me, this reinforces what the Bears are leaning toward. This is good evidence because it's another voice that you're hearing that is a, is a voice of consensus. Caleb Williams is that guy. Drake May, interesting. Is he Drake May or is he Drake Maybe? I don't know. I've asked this question, you know, a lot, obviously. Don't say I don't know. How disappointing After was that? The... He's going to say that? Yeah. He's going to say I'm, I'm he unsure? He gave you all the evidence. I'm, I'm unsure of myself? You, you pointed he out He just to said him. I don't know. You're not I don't know about Drake that. Maybe. That's a, but the question isn't about Drake May. It's about Caleb Williams. And I do know, sir, they shouldn't trade the pick. I know that. Okay. How disappointing was the Blackhawks' effort Monday night? And if you watched, did you watch purely to see how Connor Bedard would play? Would you have watched if he wasn't on the ice? I love hockey. I love watching the Hawks. It's hard to watch without Bedard. We know this. Hawks stink. Bedard, great. That's the story of this season. I can't believe he's on the ice doing what he's doing. He's had two goals disallowed in the last two games because of offsides penalties. He had three points last night. He's been back three games. He's got, he's got what, six points? Yeah. In three games? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, last two, night with a hard watch. Two goals and four assists, right? Yep. Um, I did watch. There was not much else on. That's if, your answer. If Bedard had not been on the ice, I would not have watched. I, I would have watched NFL Network and <laughs> some rerun of a Super Bowl. I did watch. Um, you know, I can't remember. I like basically I turned on the game and I'm like, oh, you know, Tavo Teravainen, isn't that interesting? Wow, Tavo. you know, you start thinking yeah. about guys that went through Chicago. What if they kept all the? Oh, a goal. Oh, another goal. Were they down four to nothing? I'm sorry, man. It, it is, you know, the only thing I watched was 98. That's all I care about. That's all that really kept my attention. I, like, tried to concentrate a little bit on their on their defense and are they good. And, and then I was like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And, you know, I'm, I'm adapting concepts from other sports to try to apply it to how I'm evaluating guys. And then I realized... All I want to do is watch 98. Just want to see him on the ice. Want to see what he does. Man, is he good. And look what he did there. And, you know, that guy scored a great goal on a on a backhand, but that was all counter Bedard finding him with three guys on him. I mean, you know, finding him open while he had three guys on him. I just – I think he's a – I think he's a fun, fun player to watch. The, the Blackhawks are blessed. He needs help. He took a big hit yesterday, got up, and yeah. everybody's kind of holding their breath, but that was yeah. good for him to do that and to respond the way he did. Yeah, he's fun. They were awful, though. It was a terrible game. They're the worst team in the NHL. You can tell. They, they go on the road, and it's just a train wreck.
They haven't won on the road right. since November. We got to get to the extra point. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Haunt, Chicago Sports Radio 670 School. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.